You know what I find really lovely? No. It's this beautiful snow, winter wonderland ambience in this darkness in the mornings. And this morning it was so beautiful snow and my five-year-old was like, look, Ma, it's snowing in slow motion. about being a woman today. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the mad. This is Best Friends Talking. Do you have any tips on how to be more grateful for what you have? Absolutely. So actually, uh, research shows that this uh, gratitude practices or, you know, really focusing on what you are grateful for is really helpful to shift your um, your state of being. And sometimes in life, of course, you don't feel the immediate gratitude for things. And um then it's really good to make a list for yourself. Even if it's just one thing you start with, like, in the end of the day, it's the one thing that you can think of that you uh, were grateful for or that you just appreciated that day. You know, it can be a small thing. Um, and then uh, you go on like that and kind of build your stamina of gratitude, you know, and then you can add, like, go through three things or five things or 10 things and whatever. Um, and it's really great to include also people in your gratitude practice, you know, uh, interactions or situations you've had with people throughout your day. Yep. Because it's so relative. I mean, a person who has almost nothing can be so happy and grateful and another person who has seemingly has everything can be so ungrateful. Yeah. Yeah, it is very relative. And it, it really has to do with, you know, where you focus your attention, uh, attention or how you focus your attention to what you have around you and, you know, your your perspective on life in general, you know. So, but of course, there are always shifts, you know, and you cannot go around be happy, go lucky all day long. Uh, forever and ever that's just bullshit uh, to be honest but um it is it, this is a nice way of you know focusing on or lifting up for yourself the goodness in your life the goodness in your daily life and yeah Do you have any tips for uh, how to make the toddler listen to you? Because you have slightly older children than me and mine is in the no phase <laughs> right now. No, no. No matter what I suggest is no, no. Mm. Yeah, it's a tricky one. There's always something, you know, with the different ages, of course. My my boys are um, eight and almost six. So what's with that face? Yeah, what's up with that face? They're having a little bit more of an attitude, you know. <laughs> so when I... <laughs> you know that no phase it's kind of just shift you know because you know the children are into finding their own autonomy and agency so that's really good right that's that's why they're like questioning why you know when you tell them something to do and they're like you know what no <laughs> my children yeah they still say no you know I'm like <laughs> and I actually today I was like now at least I can talk with them about this so I was like you guys so when I 
ask you to do something, what is the reason you just tell me no? Like, what is the reason you don't want to do it? And it's like, no, just because, you know, <laughs> this is, of course, especially the, the phase of, of your toddler is like, it's very important. This is the first phase when they are, you know, he has sufficient language to express uh, and communicate. Like, you know, I'm not gonna, no, I don't want to do what you're saying. And like I said, maybe not just because he doesn't want to do it. It's just because he wants to challenge you, you know, on what you're saying. Like, how does this communication work? And how can I take a stand? You know, So there are a lot of very important factors involved in this no. It's very clear that he thinks it's interesting or important to make a statement. And sometimes he says no first as a reflex. And then after like a few seconds, he's like, yes, I will do that. So that's also, you know, not, not to put any pressure on you, but this is like the, the modeling or the programming that they will get with them, you know, uh, emotionally onwards. And it just means that, you know, you know, I'm just going to say this because I don't want everyone to be like, shit, you know, we have to be super mindful and mindful parroting and like all the time. What are you supposed to do? You know, I think what is the most important thing is that because you cannot control your emotions fully, right? So you have your own temperament as a as a, a parent. So, um, of course, you need to express your emotions. And sometimes uh, it becomes a little bit heated if you're in a hurry and the, the, the toddler doesn't want to get dressed or whatever. It's fine, you know, that you get, you get like a little bit um, heated in it. But the most important thing that you will do for your children is to contextualize the emotional uh, expression you know so if you ended up you know being a little bit too um, temperamental or you know because you were stressed out or whatever uh, you can always you know sit down on your knees afterwards and explain like hey you know it went like this and that uh, mommy said uh, this and that because you know we were getting out in a hurry and whatever you know so that's the most important mission you have, I think, as a caregiver. Uh, in any case, is just contextualizing this emotional expression and helping your child to organize all these um, emotional uh, expressions that you do through communicating and interacting with them. It's, I think, you know, as a parent, it's also easy to be very hard on yourself and, you know, judge yourself upon like, oh, shit, I didn't do it right. Or, you know, it, it's it's good to keep a, an open mind as well, you know, for yourself and don't be too hard on yourself. You know, it's like unless you are hitting your child and whoever does that, please seek help immediately. But And some people also abuse their children uh, psychologically, like putting them down. Yeah, that's hor horrific. That's also yeah. abuse. But, uh, you know, I think most people do their best. They're just trying their best and doing their best. And like I said, this emotional transparency, uh, help them organize emotional expression is really important. Parenting is a human activity. And um, what you're supposed to do and not supposed to do, what I said is like, everyone's just doing their best, you know, and uh, as long as you can help your child to organize this interaction later on, then uh, that's the best you can do. My children also love uh, Christmas and Santa and like, my oldest, he's been for years, he has been like making these kind of traps for Santa. 
So he's like, I'm going to, he's putting flour on the floor in front of the fireplace in the night. And it's like, I'm going to put up this video camera. And he does that every year. So he still believes in Santa? He's not quite sure, you know, because the Santa that comes visiting on Christmas Eve is like, yeah, I think it was the neighbor, you know. But he still does believe in Santa and, you know, the fact that he just want to trap him, catch him on, on video or something. Just He wants to believe in Santa, of course. I can never remember that I actually believe in Santa. I still believe in Santa, you know. Yeah, that's the conclusion. I still believe in Santa. But what is it? I mean, you you actively go into make your child believe in Santa. Did your parents do that to you? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, but I didn't have to do that because it's so much focus on Santa now. So he, like in the nursery and on TV and everywhere in the shops. So I think even if I didn't, like I'm encouraging it, but I'm not doing like a huge effort to make him believe in Santa. I'm just I'm just saying, oh yeah, that's Santa. Mm-hmm. Santa's coming with presents. And last year we had Santa on Christmas Eve coming with presents. So, of course, that was an effort we did. and So we are doing... I, I think it's nice for the kids to it, believe it, in Santa, probably. Especially when they're super small. You know, I don't small. have anything against allowing or inviting the children into more magics and fairy tales. And, you know, this is, this is you know, the creative world of the children. It's so nice to hear, you know, all these thoughts they have about how the world works. And, and uh, what did my youngest, he said yesterday, they had been making marzipan in in kindergarten and i asked him if it was uh, tasty so did it taste good he's like yes it tasted like the rainbow <laughs> so, and i thought that was so good like yeah i want to encourage that you know it's nice to to you know let them expand their creativity and mind like that. yeah i think it also encourages them to just be creative and think that the world is an interesting yeah. place and be curious so we do every year they have uh our children and my sister's children they go to my father uh, and they write or they draw the letter to uh, santa claus and then my father has said that he know him <laughs> he knows the santa claus so he's gonna send the letters to him so they do that every year and they they really enjoy that they they ask for it every year it's like are we going now to my grandfather and make a letter. Yeah, it's nice. That's nice. It's nice. Mm. Are you doing the same traditions? Are you just copying all the traditions that your parents taught you for Christmas? Or are you making? Well, we're new definitely ones for making yourself? new ones because I mean, my husband is Dutch, and they don't really do Christmas the way we do. You know, we're like the Christmas monsters <laughs> here in Norway, and my parents were like super. Uh, traditional right so they have all the foods the traditional dishes and all the things and things and we would always go to church actually um you remember we always go to this yeah yeah we went it's so lovely to sit there and sing those christmas songs and you know everyone start crying immediately because it's so nice and it's like so we do that and i mean even my husband is like aren't we going to church this year you know he he also he's into this um to these traditions in holland they have another tradition it's called sinterklaas which they do sort of in the early december but we don't do that when we are here in norway because that just that, that's going to be like double up with presents and stuff so um they do another present opening in yeah december. they have like sinterklaas and sinterklaas is a dude that kind of lives in spain and he comes with a boat <laughs> or like i <end> remember <laughs> 
<laughs> you have, and I was like, so what is this Santa Claus character based on? They're like, yeah, it's from St. Nicholas. I'm like, yeah, but Santa Claus is also based on St. Nicholas. So they're like, no, 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 they're two different characters. It's like, what? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's really funny. It's funny. But it doesn't really matter, you know. We do celebrations anyway. Sounds like a joke. <laughs> no, it's not a joke. It's actually quite fun. It's what is not so fun, though, is that he has all these helpers that they call Swarte Piet, and you you wouldn't believe that they actually have there's this like the assistance of Sinterklaas, and they actually have put them in this black paint their face. I mean, this really goes back to the colonies. When, <laughs> so this is super bad. Like this is even in Holland now. These people like painting their face black pretending they are these assistants where they actually were slaves, right? That's so uh, not yeah. cool. Dutchies, stop doing that. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> not very <laughs> modern, I guess. That's not very inclusive. Yeah. It's a bit racist. A tad yeah. racist. Anyway, yeah, so there's a lot of celebrations and stuff going on in there. December, we do, uh, what do we do do? Yeah, we go to church. We have on Christmas, like little Christmas Eve, we do, you know, the the Christmas porridge with the almond in it. And then whoever gets the almond get a prize, which is usually the Christmas marzipan pig. Yeah, we probably watch, you know, on NRK or whatever. There's always this, like the Hovmesten. I don't know what it's called in English. It's a show. Yeah, it's a very old show butler. that Duchess and her her uh, butler, and he keeps serving food to her and the friends and alcohol, but the friends are not there. And then he keeps drinking a lot, and he gets more and more drunk and stumbling around on the. Yeah, it's called like the Duchess and her butlers, and it's actually English, but I'm not sure what it's called. I'm not sure if they even see it here, but it's very funny because she's blind so she can't see anything and he's pretending that she has all these guests while he's just drinking himself all the drinks and he's going around cheering like doing chairs for everyone and it was really funny when we were small because my granddad my my mom's father he was uh he never tried alcohol he never drank any alcohol yeah. in his whole life and he thought this was the most hilarious show ever he was just lying on the floor <laughs> laughing like he was he thought it was so funny and I don't know maybe it's because like he he was never drunk or something he, he just thought it was so so funny with this drunk guy stumbling around so that was cute that was really cute I like it just because of that I mean I I'm into traditions in the sense that not because it has to be done but it's just because it's like nice and cozy and whatever you know Christmas Christmas morning, so that's the 24th, we do here in Norway, the Christmas Eve. So we do, uh, of course, we we have the stockings, like the stockings on the fireplace. And then there's watching all sorts of Christmas movies. And I have to say, though, since having children, I haven't really watched this. You know, we always used to watch this uh, tree nut for Cinderella or whatever it's called. this like this Czech version of Cinderella. Uh, and we used to watch, uh, I think it's the Russian version of uh, the, the uh, what is it, the, the, the goats, the goats and the wolf, something like that. In Norwegian, it's called Rocky Ulven. It's like a musical. 
Nice. We're gonna do the new, make a new tradition. We're gonna open the presents on the twenty fifth in the morning because I think that's a better way of doing it's be- it. But it's definitely better for children because. Yeah, because I remember the wait, like the whole day was like just waiting and waiting and waiting. And then with dinner, we were just waiting and waiting and waiting for the presents. And yeah, it's, it's really overwhelming late. because yeah. then, yeah, already they waited so long and then it's so much. And it's like, it's much nicer to do it in the morning. And then the parents can have coffee or hot chocolate and then you can all sit around. It's like a nice, nice thing. And, and the kids are like busy with the toys. And then you can have like a nice lunch. I think yeah. it's a better way. Yeah, it's true. And also, like, you know, the kids, when they wake up in the morning and they're so excited, kids are really bad at waiting. <laughs> yes, they are. What are you going to do this year, then? We're going to a hotel with some friends. So mm-hmm. then we don't have to do anything, which is nice because we're moving and I'm pregnant. And so we don't travel. Yeah, that's so nice. it's perfect. That lovely. And they have, like, probably, you know, they have Santa Claus there. They have. Mm. Oh, Merry, Merry Christmas. Such a lovely, lovely time. At least you have good Christmas memories. Like you have good associations around Christmas. Some people don't. Yeah, that's true. I think a lot of people don't. I mean, I think there's a lot of pressure that comes with Christmas. Also, like if you have some problems in your family or if you're alone, like I think it's a lot of like unnecessary pressure that things should be so nice during Christmas because some people just single living alone they don't really mind being alone during christmas but all this focus like in the media like oh no no one should be alone that just makes it worse than it is i think it doesn't have to be like that it could just be a normal night and you could just be at home relaxing maybe you don't care but everyone makes it up to be such a tragedy then you feel worse Yeah, but there's like this implicit you know sense that you're supposed to be with friends and family and you're supposed to have a nice time and you're supposed to this and that so obviously, since the whole world around you apparently is like, you know, glooming of that kind of, it's, it's you got to be a damn strong person to not feel, you know, if you are alone, to not feel lonely uh, in those particular days, you know, I get it. And and for a lot of people that that is very challenging. However, you know, there are a lot of possibilities, you know, to, to go to like, um, a certain communities or where they have uh, uh, Christmas dinners or where you can seek out or reach out to, to places and actually do meet some people. And I, you know, for, for I work with a lot of people that do feel this loneliness. And I always thought like, God, I wish these people would meet each other because they would have, I think they would have had like a good time together, you know? So it's this part of daring to reach out and daring to go places and meet people you know because there are other people that feel the same way and it's just that tipping over that threshold um that's where you're going to feel a lot better for sure and i also think a lot of people might not be lonely the rest of the year because they still they have friends or they have things in their life it's just that at Christmas, people tend to go yeah. to their own family. So it's, at least in Norway, that's more more common yeah. than hanging that's with true. friends. Do you have like a um, practice that you could do every morning or every night to feel more grateful? So grab your notebook and a pen. And then every night you uh, take a moment if you want to close your eyes and just take a few breaths. That's wonderful just to kind of connect with yourself in that moment. And then start with... Um, writing down at least one thing that you really appreciated or are grateful for 
uh, in the day that has passed. One thing, three things, five things, ten things, you know, you can build it up slowly over a, a timeline, but but starting with one thing is already really, really nice. And just have a moment to to contemplate on this and say, okay, thank you for this moment in my day or for this conversation or for this experience. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's going to help you. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for uh, <laughs> thank your you time. Thank you for your time. And a very Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and thank you for this year because we're starting a new one now. Yes, I do. But more on that later. <laughs>